0: setting up systems, and more so that you can ultimately work smarter and build a successful, sustainable, and sellable business. To sign up, just visit growyourprivatepractice.com backslash training. Don't miss the chance to learn how to effectively navigate the growth phase of the private practice journey. See you on the training. Michelle Eliason is an occupational therapist with an adult neuroprivate practice in Buffalo, New York. Michelle is mission-driven and after seeing adult neuro clients stock on wait lists or going without services, she decided to start her own private practice. She wanted to make sure that adults with neurological issues were receiving care, so she decided to bring the care that they needed right into their homes. Michelle started her private practice small and lean, operating her practice from her kitchen table and out of the trunk of her car in order to keep her expenses low. Flash forward to the present, and now she has two locations, a therapy team, and also an amazing educational program for OTs and OT assistants. Earlier this year, when we officially opened up the Start Your Private Practice program to OTs, she came aboard as the first OT mentor for our students. Since then, she's helped both OT and SLP Start Your Private Practice students with all kinds of things, but marketing is her specialty. The live training that she did for our students on marketing on a shoestring budget has become an invaluable additional resource for our students and is available in the members area. In this episode, Michelle talks about why she got started, how she got started, and what her plans are for the future. Whether you're an occupational therapist, an adult medical clinician, or if you're planning to start your private practice on a shoestring budget and wanna see how Michelle did it, this is a must listen episode, so stay tuned. I'm Jenna Castro-Casbon, speech-language pathologist, business coach, and creator of the Start Your Private Practice system. And I'm on a mission to turn stuck SLPs into successful private practitioners. If you're tired of dealing with high productivity requirements, high caseload sizes, and low pay, it's time to take control of your professional, personal, and financial life, and finally get the freedom flexibility and financial abundance that you deserve by working with private clients in your own practice. Join me here each week as I share tips, best practices, and inspirational interviews on the Private Practice Success Stories podcast. If you're a private practitioner or one in the making, you're in the right place. So let's get started.
1: So before we dive in, can you please share your name, your location, and the name of your private practice?
2: Absolutely. My name is Michelle Eliason. I'm in Buffalo, New York, and the name of my practice is
1: Buffalo Occupational Therapy. I am so excited, listeners, to have Michelle on the show because Michelle is actually our first OT mentor for the Start Your Private Practice program. We've had a bunch of SLP mentors, and when we wanted to expand to help OTs start and grow practices, Michelle was the first, but not the last, OT that I hired for this program. So Michelle, this is so much fun to have you on and have our audience get to know you better. Thank you for allowing me to be here. I love being part of the START group, and I can't wait to share my story. Awesome. So, so let's do that. Let's start from really the beginning of your career. Tell our listeners how you got started as an OT and then how you started thinking about starting a private practice.
2: I started in the adult world. I'm still in the adult world. I knew that the pediatric world was not for me. And so I jumped right into SNF. So I worked in a skilled nursing setting I started as a practitioner and within the first year, a little after the first year, I became a director of rehab in skilled nursing facility. So I had um, influence over two buildings and that, Allowed me to grow a lot clinically and develop my skill set as a full scope OT, working with a variety of clients, right? Both on the long term side and in the outpatient side. Uh, so I got a lot of experience. When I was ready, I, you know, I started feeling like I can do a lot more if I'm working for myself without the restrictions of working for. Uh, institution. And so I really wanted to explore that. And that's when I stepped out into initially, I stepped out into consulting and then I merged into clinical practice.
1: I love that. And I love that you, you know, you're in one setting, clearly, like to you know be the director like of rehab in, in not that long. Like clearly you have some amazing skills with that. you you gained some you know great oT skill set, and then you are ready to go out into the world and do it for yourself and for your clients, right? For your patients versus for an employer. So what did that shift look like? Did you quit your job and then go all in on your private practice or did you do it slowly or what?
2: Well, I will say that my clinical practice came about Five years, uh, maybe a little less than that, into my practice, but I started consulting. So actually, no, within the first three years, I started Buffalo Occupational Therapy. But I became an entrepreneur in my space within six months of graduating. I was not the person to say, "Well, I need five years of clinical experience to, you know, start a business." And so I did start the entrepreneurship version of Michelle in 2016, as a consultant of environments, I figured, you know what, I do have experience here. I can hone my craft as a clinician while also doing what I I can do. And so it was a very seamless transition from consulting in activities and environment into the clinical realm. So I got started right away. So I think that if there's any takeaway, it's that you do not have to be this like experienced clinician to start a business for sure.
1: Yeah. I tell people all the time, as long as you have something to bring to the table, you can start a private practice or a consulting business. Exactly. Exactly. I think also you don't have to be
2: specialized at everything to be able to start a practice because you can practice your niche. Like you practice what you have developed at first and then grow from there. So that was kind of what gave me encouragement too.
1: Yeah. I love that. And at this time, because I know you have kids, did, did you have kids yet or did that come later? No,
2: I did. I actually, the year I graduated from OT school, I had my first child while I was in my last year of my program. And then, so I had a newborn at the time that I shifted. When I decided, okay, I have a six month old, I was newly married and now I'm like, but I can't stay. I can't just do my job in the SNF. Like I have to do more. Um, I was able to volley between that, my child, my husband, my husband, the thing we have to realize is that you can do it. You can do it all. You just need to be focused. You, you can't, you have to have a goal and you have to have a team, a village around you. So thankfully that's what I had.
1: Well, a lot of Sorry. people wait until like the perfect time, right? In this, you know, in air quotes, the perfect time. And especially people with kids, yeah. a lot of times people say like, well, I'll wait until my kids are older. What do you say to people who
2: say that? I would say there's never a good time. And, and I did consider that I did consider the time that I would have to balance between working as a clinician, also like having a job, building a business and also be a family person. But it's very important to me that my children know that they can do what it is that they're passionate about. And they can accomplish those goals. So my children know what goal, even at a young age, they know what it's like to set a goal and run through it and do what it takes to accomplish that goal. Like my five-year-old, I teach him to run through his goals. And so when we go for a walk, we pick a, we pick a spot and he knows that he has to walk through that spot in order to say you've accomplished that goal. And so for him to see me do all of this for them to see me do all of this i think is life changing for children um so do it i would say do it yeah. yeah yeah
1: and i love that i can just picture you two out on a walk setting goals i do that when i run y'all i i love to walk i'll walk all day but if i'm going to run i'm definitely setting a goal to make it past that tree or trash can or whatever yes <laughs> okay, I love you. That. Okay, so one of the things that I know that I've heard you say with students in the start program is just how you really got started with your practice like on a shoestring budget. Can you share a little bit about really how you got started really, and you know, what some of your early expenses were, what you thought was valuable to put money into, et cetera?
2: I will say I learned a lot there, trial and error. I did not have an amazing mentorship program like the one start offers. So it was a lot of trial and error. Um, I spent a lot of money just trying to figure out what hosting site for my website, like what do I need to do to benefit that an EMR system, right? I know in the start group, there's threads all over the place of what works, what doesn't work, what's helpful. And so I did spend a lot of money and time into trying to find the right match for me Not, and then find and then marketing right everybody says what is important for marketing they they give you recommendations of radios and and like brochures pamphlets and i'm thinking i have no money i have a 6 month old i have i have children i have you know bills and expenses. And now I also want to get my business off the ground. So I looked and I said, well, what do I have? I don't have all of this money to throw at it, but I do have a printer. I do have a pretty good handle on my communication skills and I have access to the internet to find pe- my audience. And so I decided from my kitchen table, I'll just make stacks of black and white papers. Cause I didn't have a color printer. I just used what I had and hit the pavement Um, And that's how I started from my kitchen table. And then I just slowly, as the funds came in, as I found my audience, I was able to develop more from there, but I never outpaced myself. I always decided I'm going to work within my means here. Even though I'm being told all of these things, I have to work with what I have and it
1: worked. So (laughs) yeah, you're a great example of someone who's very resourceful and who is like, you know what, I'm going to figure this out. Like, I think one of the things that, I see a lot of online, you know, a lot of therapists like just tell me what to do, right? Like this kid or this adult has this program. I just want to know exactly what to do, right? And there are certain aspects of business that you can do that, right? Like I, we teach people, you know, how to get an NPI number and how to get a business bank account and all those kind of things. And there there's just actual steps to follow, right? But part of also becoming a business owner is learning to think like a business owner, just like how I learned how to think like an SLP, you learned how to think like an OT. You also have to learn to think like a business owner. So what are some ways that you have learned to think like a business owner? Multiple
2: revenue streams. And anytime I do work, and this has been from the very beginning, it was important. I, I have an empire mentality. So I want to ensure that I have a big, firm foundation that can support uprising, right? It can support like a lot. And so it's been very intentional for me to build out instead of up, which means I need to make work I do for one thing, bring money in, in, you know, two to three other ways. And so for me, thinking like a entrepreneur, thinking like a business owner, I need to make sure that any time I put into something is going to benefit myself, my family, my employees, but also my, my babies, right? My, my two outpatient practices, everything has to be working towards that goal. So that's one way I have developed myself is making sure that I have multiple streams of revenue and it's always coming back to me. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I love that. And helping other people in the meantime too, right? Like that's the beauty of the way that you have it set up, right? Like it's not just like, you know, self-serving. It's like, no, I'm helping my employees. I'm helping my community. I'm helping other occupational therapists and helping my kids, right? All that kind of stuff. I think it's so important. I just wanted to touch on that.
2: My whole heart and the reason why I came out into the community was to ensure that I was able to use my full scope, but that I wasn't limited that I could Maximize that, right? We could help as many people as we wanted. We weren't restricted. Um, and that goes both sides of it. That goes the helping lane, but it also goes the the return to our personal well-being. So yeah, no,
1: totally. Okay. So you casually dropped that you have two locations, which I knew, but listeners didn't know, right. So it's like you started your practice from your kitchen table with your black and white flyers pounding the pavement, and somehow you've now ended up with employees and clinic space and everything else. So tell people like, how did that happen? And over what period of time? So
2: since I started our first location, so since I started the clinical side of bot, that was in the, oh my goodness, I think it was August, 2018. So whatever that is, three years a little over three years. That's when all of this really happened. Everything started taking off after I merged into clinical realm. So about three years, it took me to start just from my kitchen table and my car going to everybody's homes to opening a small space, like literally a it was like 180 square feet. Like it was like tiny, <laughs> And I had my little TheraBand things on the wall. Like I'd have people come in, but most people, most time I was, I was going out. Um, And then from there, as I built the caseload, I moved into a 1300 square foot space. And then after one year, I was able to open our second location in another part of our area so that we could service as many people as possible. So in that time, how did that happen? Consistency consistent message, uh, word of mouth, making sure that it, it's always been my intention that whether I had one patient coming to see me one, each week, like there was a time where I'd see two patients in a week or 75 patients in a week that everyone gets the same attention. A quality over quantity has
1: always been a big deal for me. And that was how I grew. I love that. Right. And that's really putting the client first, right? I think so many people get nervous about starting Businesses because they have this idea that, you know, maybe businesses are bad or greedy or I don't know, negative terms, right? But it's like, okay, if you can serve all of these people who either weren't getting therapy services at all or were stuck on wait lists or whatever, and all of a sudden they're coming to your clinic, they're getting the services that they need and it is through your business, like, to me, that's a wonderful thing. And like, not at all a bad thing. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree. Business is a lot
2: of the times, right? It's money, like money, money, happy. I mean, we've been told, like, I've heard actual doctors say, well, you shouldn't go to therapy, because they're just in it for the money, or, or what have you, because you know, it is what it is. But that's not the case at all. Because when you can bring your own vision to life, when you actually have the time to sit down and listen, really listen to this person that has been pushed through the medical system, it changes their world. And when you see that when you get a taste for like the fact that just being a a good, like a nice human, like listening to somebody changes someone's life, you can't go back from that. So you know, every day, every day is a new day and it's
1: re-motivating. Absolutely. And so you built your business, you know, from, from the kitchen table to two locations. And I know that it's not just you doing it. So tell our listeners too, like, how have you grown in terms of team who helped support you in the business? So
2: initially, <laughs> so it was just me, starting out. And then I found Hannah. Hannah is an occupational therapy assistant and she saw the vision. She saw the vision. She was sold out for what we wanted to do for our community in terms of neuro rehab and just using the occupational therapy profession. Having a partner, somebody who supports the vision and can do it with you changed my entire perspective. I mean, she's a constant re-motivation for me and it's someone to just refresh why you're doing it because it's hard, right? It's not all happy. It's not all easy, but Hannah was a huge cornerstone for me as we grew. And then I was able to bring in actually my brother who graduated and he's a statistician. He does all of our medical billing, our administration, our health, like all of the statistics to ensure that we are constantly making great gains. So he pushes all of that information together and gives us cool graphs. And then We were able to bring in another full-time practitioner to help with evals. Um, And so that's my team right now. And I I honestly could not picture it any other way. My team is great. And, you know, yeah.
1: Yeah. I love that, right? That's, I heard a piece of advice one time that I can't remember who said it. So sorry, whoever said this, but that, you know, one of the things (laughs) you want to do is to build your team and then let your team build your business. Right. And it sounds like that's a lot of what, you know, Hannah and your brother and your other person has really helped yeah. allow you to do. It absolutely has. It was very nerve wracking. Right. I put everything
2: into this business for a long time and it's nerve wracking to expand, to make sure that each person understands the mission and and has a heart for protecting the mission so that you don't go too big and then everything falls apart cuz nobody is behind what you want what your actual reputation or the heartbeat of your your practice is and each person you know feels that and when you feel that and when you cultivate a good strong team there's no stopping the growth that can happen for sure
1: yeah and it's funny cuz i feel like i know your team because i follow your instagram and your team is always <laughs> fantastic on Instagram, whether, whether it's stories or reels or whatever. So can you tell our listeners where to find you and follow you on Instagram so that they can see your whole operation?
2: Yes. Please do follow us at OT underscore outpatient. That's where you can see our Instagram account. We just hit (laughs) 10,000. I know. Hey, it was a big goal.
1: I love that. I love that. So, so as of now, you've got a couple of employees, you've got two locations. What would you say is next for you in terms of growth? We are going to be growing our
2: clinically. We're growing into more program oriented work, especially over the winter. So we're going to be looking at servicing more psychosocial behavioral needs, supporting our clients that way. So that's where we're headed in that regard we're also going to be bringing in home programs occupational therapy works across the lifespan and we're able to provide home-based services so that's that's the future of the clinical realm of bot and then for the student education component of bot we're just we're really looking to continue mentoring Our students through our online portal. So we have an international audience. We have over a thousand members on the bot portal, which has been really cool um, to cultivate. And so we're really, we're really going hard on that and just producing more CEU courses. Yeah.
1: So OTs who are listening, please also make sure that you check out Michelle's bot program because you've got a ton of continuing and a lot of support, and it just seems like a really cool program. And I don't think that there's anything quite like it for SLPs. So tell them also what website or basically where would, where would they go to learn more about the bot program?
2: Sure. You can go right to our website, com And then there's a button right in the menu that says bot portal. You can also just Google bot portal. It comes up there too.
1: I love it. So before we wrap up, is there any last minute like advice or lessons that you learned that you would love to impart to listeners who are thinking about either starting or growing a practice?
2: I would say there is no perfect time. And if there was, it would be right now to jump out into this space right now, more than ever, our medical, the medical model needs more support and they need more practitioners who are passionate who are passionate about what they're doing. So if you have a vision, then you have a purpose and you can fulfill that if you just get started.
1: I love it. And I totally agree right now. The time is now, right? There's, there's a great need. There's people going without services. There's people stuck on waiting lists. You know, most private practices are full and or growing very quickly. And so you might as well get in there and help people, who are not getting the help that they need and also help yourself too, right? In terms of fulfillment, in terms of finances, in terms of all of those things, private practice is a great way to make sure that you're helping other people while helping yourself too. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, Jen. I appreciate it. Thank you. And listeners again, Michelle is one of the mentors for the Start Your Private Practice program. She does a phenomenal job of giving tips. She had a very popular marketing training where she talked about different ways to market on a, shoestring budget. I think most things were either free or cheap marketing strategies. It was a very successful and popular training. And so if you're thinking about joining the START program, but you're like, I don't know, I'm an OT, please know OTs. We have opened it up for you. We help support you. And Michelle is a wonderful person to learn from in terms of private practice. and, And SLPs are learning from her too. But thank you so much, Michelle, for being a part of the START program and for being on the podcast. Thank you, Jenna. Have a great day.
0: Don't you just love Michelle? I love how she shared her story of starting from a simple beginning because she saw a need in her area and decided to fill it. And guess what? You can do the same. If you have something to bring to the table, you can start from your kitchen table. Waiting to start your private practice until you have $5,000 or $10,000 or more saved up isn't necessary. Instead, start low cost and debt free. Start by seeing clients and generating income, and then reinvest in your business over time. In the Start Your Private Practice program, we help our students start from nothing. They come to us with a dream and a desire to help their community, and want our help to help them get started in the most efficient and affordable way possible. Our students say that they join the START program because they don't have time to figure it out on their own, and are willing to invest in a step-by-step solution in order to get everything set up from the beginning and not be afraid that they skipped or missed any steps. There's no reason to struggle or reinvent the wheel. Let us help you set up the business side of things so that you can focus on the clinical side. If you would like to learn more about our programs and how we support thousands of SLPs and OTs who want help to start and grow their private practices, please visit independentclinician.com. As always, thank you for listening, and please tune in next week for another episode of the Private Practice Success Stories podcast. Till then. Well, this episode might be over, but we don't have to say goodbye. Head on over to independentclinician.com for resources that will help you at each stage of your private practice journey. If you're on Instagram, let's connect. Follow me and send me a DM. I'm at independent clinician. And if you're on Facebook, make sure that you join the SLP and OT private practice beginners Facebook group. All right, off to help more regular SLPs and OTs become successful private practitioners. Let me know if I can help you too.